Praise God, everyone. Let's give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. 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 We praise you, O Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we give you the praise, honor, and glory. And we thank you, Almighty God. We thank you, Lord, for waking us this morning, for being with us, guiding us, directing us throughout this day. 
We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time together with you right now, Lord. We thank you, Almighty God, for your help in this word. We pray, Lord, that you be in us and we in you. And that you continue to impart in us, Father, all that we need to move forward in this life, to be a beacon of life to others, and to do your will. Thank you, Lord, for all things that you do. In Jesus' name, Yeshua Mashiach, amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. We are going to get started in Judges chapter 12. That's where we left off. Okay. Um, I don't want to leave that there. <laughs> okay. So... We are reading in the book of Judges. I'm sorry, it's kind of taking me a little bit here. I'm reaching for some things. I pray that everyone today is having a blessed day, and I pray that it is wonderful weather for you guys, uh, whether it's raining, snowing, or beautiful sunlight. It's all blessing. Uh, God puts his weather where it's needed. As we've said before, the earth has to have what it needs in order for it to continue. So, if it's raining in your neck of the woods, then that's what it needs in that neck of the woods. If it's snowing, then that's what it needs. If it's sunlight, then that's what it needs. Okay? So, give God the glory and the praise for what's there. Even though we don't always agree with it, it's what's best. All right, so let's get started. Chapter 12 of uh, Judges. The men of Ephraim called out their forces, crossed over the Zephon, and said to Jephthah, Why did you go to fight the Amorites without calling us to go with you? We're going to burn down their houses over your head. Jephthah answered, I and my people were encouraged in a great struggle with the Amorites. And although I called, you didn't save me out of their hands. And when I saw that you wouldn't help, I took my life in my hands and crossed over to fight the Amorites, and the Lord gave me the victory over them. Now why have you come up today to fight me? Jephthah then called together the men of Gilad and fought against Ephraim. Now 
uh, it's kind of sad when you think about it because they're fighting against themselves. Okay? They're not fighting the enemy. They're fighting against themselves. And we see that today with our people. You know, they fight against themselves instead of fighting the real enemy. <laughs> so man has not really changed much. Uh, you know, we claim that we're, um, this is a different era and things are done differently and uh, it's all new. And But if you really think about it, it's not. Man has not grown much at all. He's still doing the same poofas. Okay. Um, Jephana then called together the men of Gilgad and fought against Ephraim. The Gileites uh, struck them down uh, because the Ephraimites had said, You Gileites are renegades from Ephraim and Manasseh. The, uh, the Gilalites captured the fords of the Jordan, leading to Ephraim. And whenever a survivor of Ephraim said, Let me cross over, the men of Gilad asked him, Are you an Ephraimite? If he replied, No, they said, All right. Say, Shabaf, Shai, uh, I'm sorry, Shibboleth, if he said Sibboleth, because he could not pronounce the word correctly, they seized him and killed him at the forts of the Jordan. 42,000 uh, 42, infinites were killed at that time. Wow, that's really sad. So their brethren, you know, remember they had on two sides of the Jordan, they stayed. They had the group that stayed on one side, right? And then they had the group that stayed on the other side. And we had this problem early on, but they rectified it when they put that altar up. And the ones that had uh, most of the group that had settled on in the new land, thought that the ones that had stayed back in the old land had come up against them by putting up a, an altar, but they thought it was a different altar, but it wasn't. It was an altar to, uh, it was an altar to remind them that they were all one people, since they were on this side of the water. And now here they are again. Um, you know, coming up against each other. And this is this is really sad here. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, Jephna led Israel six years. Then Jephna the Gilite died and was buried in the town of Gilad. Ibsen, Elion, and Abdon. 
After him, Ibsan, a Bethlehem, led Israel. He had 30 sons and 30 daughters. He gave his daughters away in marriage to those outside his clan. And for his sons, he brought in 30 young women as wives from outside his clan. Ibsen led Israel seven years. Then Ibsen died and was buried in Bethlehem. Uh, okay, let's stop here because remember what they said. Uh, the, remember the daughters, the five daughters uh, that were uh, wanted the land because they, you know, the father had no sons, right? And what did the Lord say to them? The Lord said that they would have to marry inside their clan so that to keep the land and the property in the clan. So here we have an instance where this man is deliberately marrying his daughters and sons outside of the clan, meaning that when he dispersed his land, it will go to other clans. It will not go to his clan. Question, did he have a problem with his clan? Why would he do that? After him, Elon and Zebulite led Israel 10 years. Then Elon died and was buried in Ahajalon in the land of Zubalim. And after him, Abaddon, son of Hillel from Parathon, led Israel. And he had 40 sons and 30 grandsons who rode on 70 donkeys. He led Israel eight years. Then Abaddon, son of Hillel, died and was buried in Parathon and Ephraim in the hill country of the Amorites. Okay, Samson, the birth of Samson. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines. Okay. Um, so he delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zura named Manoah from the clan of Danites had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are sterile and childless. You are going to conceive and have a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean because you will conceive and give birth to the son, to a son. Now Razor, uh, I'm sorry, no razor may be used on his head because the boy is to be a Nazarite. Set apart to God from birth, and he will 
began the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Now, um, then the woman went to her husband and told him, a man of God came to me and he looked like angel of God, very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, you will conceive and give birth to a son. Now then, drink no wine or other fermented drinks and do not eat anything unclean because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the birth until the day of his death. I just want to say something very quickly because, uh, again, we're not reading from the King's James, all right? King's James tells the story twitch differently. Okay, this is the Life Application Bible, and this is Tyndale, okay? So I just want to point that out because I know a lot of you are listening in, and you're saying, huh? I feel there's more to that story. Well, um, this particular Bible is telling it its way, okay? And I'm doing this purposely because we will be going through the Bible several times. Um, and last year, I used the King James Bible, Study Bible. This year, I'm using the Tyndale, and we'll progress on from there. As I said, I have many different Bibles, so um, we will be reading from each one. And guys, I tell you quite frankly, get your notebooks out and compare notes. Uh, we will be reading many, many different books as well. Uh, right now, um, when I finish uh, reading through to the New, before we get to the New Testament, I will stop and we will go into uh, the book of Jubilees, and we will go into the book of um, Joshua, okay? Uh, and I think I'll revisit Enoch also before we go into the New Testament, okay? All right, so all right, so let's get back to what we were reading. Okay, so uh, Samson's mother is being told what to do concerning him. Uh, then Menor, that's his mother. Pray to the Lord, O Lord, I beg you, let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. God heard Menorah, and the angel of God came again to the woman while she was out in the field. But her husband, but her husband Menorah, was not with her. The woman hurried to tell her husband, he's here, the man who appeared to me the other day. I'm sorry, guys. 
Noah. Noah is a husband. <laughs> All right. What's the wife's name? Let's get this right. Huh? Mm. They don't give her a name. Wow. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but his husband, Manoah, was not with her. The wife hurried to tell her husband, he's here, the man who appeared to me the other day. Manoah got up and followed his wife. When he came to the man, he said, are you the one who talked to my wife? I am, he said. So Manoah asked him, when your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule for the boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord answered, your wife must do all that I have told her. She must not eat anything that comes from grapevine nor drink any wine or other fermented drinks, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I have commanded her. Now, I'm sure a lot of you women out there say, why, why is it that she couldn't just do it herself? Why did, she, why did he need to be in it at all? Well, here's the thing. Women uh, mostly at that time were at home taking care of the home. And the man was the overseer of everything, his wives, his home, his uh, cattle, everything. And so uh, when the angel came, uh, he's coming to the head of the household to make sure that things are carried out properly because the man is going to make sure that his wife does exactly what the angels have said. Not taking anything away from her, but it's it's like a uh, like a seal. A, uh, it's like um, a double seal to make sure that it's done properly. Um, so. Women at that time were considered property. Um, they were uh, owned and kept by their husbands. I think that's the best way I can, can put this. Um, so that was what the case was. Um, Let's see, 12. So Manoah asked him, uh, when your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule for the boy's life and work? The angel of the Lord answered, your wife must do all that I have told her, and she must not eat anything that comes from grapevine, nor drink any wine or ferment drink, nor eat anything unclean. She must do everything I have commanded her. Menorah said to the angel of the Lord, you would like, uh, we would like you to stay until we prepare a young goat for you. The angel of the Lord replied, even though you detain me, 
I will not eat. I will not eat any of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, offer it to the Lord. Menorah did not realize that it was the angel of the Lord. Then Menorah inquired of the angel of the Lord, What is your name? So that I may so that we may honor you when your word comes true. He replied, Why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. Then Manoah took a young goat together with a grain offering and sacrificed it on the rock of the Lord. And notice the angel said to him that his name is beyond his understanding. Wow. The name is beyond his understanding. You know, this is what I tell you when you name your children. Be careful. Names carry a lot of weight. A lot of weight. It, it really uh, determines the kind of person your child is going to be. Okay, so be careful with naming your children. Okay, let's get back. Um, uh, and the Lord did an amazing thing while Menorah and his wife watched. As the flames blazed up from the altar towards heaven, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. Seeing this, Menorah and his wife fell with their faces to the ground. When the angel of the Lord did not show himself again to Menorah and his, and his wife, Menorah realized that it was an angel of the Lord. We are doomed to die, he said to his wife. We have seen God. But his wife answered, if the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands, nor shown us all these things, or now told us this. The woman gave birth. Now, I'm going to stop here for a second. You see the importance of a man and a woman, okay? The man is controlling uh, seeing, overseeing things. But the woman's value is just as great because she has insight and she has wisdom to give and to comfort and to soothe her husband. You see, he's all ready to think that I'm going to, we're going to die. We've, we've seen God. And she's like, calm down, honey, calm down. Uh, he wouldn't have told us we're going to have a child if he was going to kill us, okay? So women have just as much value as a man does. The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in Mahana, uh, Mahana Dan between Zora and Eshtol. Samson went down to Timnah 
and saw there a young Philistine woman. And when he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as a wife. His father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? Now, um, here's, here's the error of this. Uh, as we read early on, um, uh, back in the cases in the book of Genesis, um, they chose wives for their sons. Now here the sons uh the son is choosing his own, okay? And a lot of this could have been alleviated had they chose someone for him, which would have been someone from his own clan, his own tribe. Uh, again, mistakes are made when you step outside of your uh, religious, your religion base or your, your clan kinship. The Lord told them not to marry outside. But you see, here's an example of them marrying outside the clan. So let's see what goes on here. Um... But Samson said to his father, get her for me. She's the right one for me. His parents did not know that this was from the Lord, who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. For at this time, they were ruling over Israel. Okay, so here we are with an exception, because the Lord is wheeling this situation. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. And as they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring towards him. The spirit of the Lord came upon him in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. But he, he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Now, I just want to say, you know, sometimes people say uh, they're in situations where it's a, uh, a life or death situation. Um, you've heard that people have picked up a car or picked up a bus or picked up something heavy or block something, and they weren't even scarred or hurt. Um, this is the kind of power they're talking about. This is spiritual power that's run through a person all of a sudden because it's needed. The Lord is in the midst of that. Okay. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and he liked her. Sometime later, when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look, 
at the lion's carcass. In it was a swarm of bees and some honey, which he scoped out with his hands and ate as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they too ate it, but he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. Now his father went down to see the woman, and Samson made a feast there, as was customary for bridegrooms. And when he appeared, he was given thirty companions. Let me tell you a riddle, Samson said to them. If you can give me the answer within seven days of the feast, I will give you thirty linen garments and thirty sets of clothes. If you can't tell me the answer, you must give me thirty linen garments and thirty sets of clothes. Tell us your riddle, they said. Let's hear it, he replied. Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. For three days, they could not give the answer. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, Cock, uh... Coax your husband into explaining the riddle for us, or we will burn you and your father's household to death. Did you invite us here to rob us? Then Samson's wife threw herself on him, sobbing. You hate me. You don't really love me. You've given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. I haven't even explained it to my father or mother, he replied. So why should I explain it to you? She cried the whole seven days of the feast. So on the seventh day, he finally told her because she continued to press him. She in turn explained the riddle to her people. Before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, What is sweet, sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Samson said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would, you would not have solved my riddle. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. He went, down to Ak he went down to Ashkelon, struck down thirty of their men, stripped them of their belongings, and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he went up to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to the friend who had attended him at his wedding. Mm. So they, you know, they had, they had ill intentions from the beginning, see? They took his wife and gave his wife to somebody else. <laughs> How do you do that? Okay, had he married in his clan, uh, no, that wouldn't have been even the case. <laughs> there would have been a real big problem there. Uh, money would have had to exchange or blood would have been exchanged. <laughs> okay, uh, later on at chapter 15, later on 
at the time of wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat and went to visit his wife. He said, I'm going to my wife's room, but her father would not let him go in. I was so sure you thoroughly hated her, he said, that I gave her to your friend. Isn't her younger sister more attractive? Take her instead. Samson said to them, This time I have a right to get even with the Philistines. I will really harm them. So he went out and caught 300 foxes and tied them uh, and tied them tail to tail in pairs. He then fastened a torch to every pair of tails, lit the torches, and let the foxes loose in the standing grain of the Philistines. He burned up the sh- he burned up the shocks and standing grain together with the vineyards and the olive groves. Then the Philistines asked, Who did this? They were told, Samson, the Temanite son-in-law, because his wife was given to his friend. So the Philistines went up and burned her and her father to death. Samson said to them, Since you've acted like this, I won't stop until I get my revenge on you. He attacked them viciously and slaughtered many of them. Then he went down and stayed in the cave in the rock of Etam. The Israelites went up and camped in Judah, spreading out near Lehi. The men of Judah asked, Why have you come to fight us? He answered, I merely did to them what they did to me. All right, let me go back a little bit. Uh, Verse 11. Wow, I really jumped down. I'm sorry. For some reason or other, I uh, missed a couple of Uh, A couple of lines. Let's go back up to nine. The Philistines went up and camped in Judah, spreading out near Leah. Uh, The men of Judah asked, why have you come to fight us? We have come to take Samson prisoner, they answered, to do to him as he did to us. Then 3,000 men from Judah went down to the cave in the rocks of Itam and said to Samson, Don't you realize that the Philistines are rulers over us? What have you done to us? He answered, I merely did to them what they did to me. They said to him, We've come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. And Samson said, Swear to me that you won't kill me yourselves. Agreed, they answered. We will only tie you up and hand you over to them. We will not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and led him up from the rocks. As he approached Lehi, 
the Philistines came towards him shouting. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. Then Samson said, With the donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys of them. With the donkey's jawbone, I have killed a thousand men. And when he finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone, and the place was called Ramathleah. Because he was very thirsty, he cried out to the Lord, You have given your servant this great victory. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Then God opened up the hollow place in Leha, and water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned, and he revived. So the spring was called Enachor, and it is still there in Lehi. Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistine. Okay, so all this was done literally for the Lord. Not so much for Samson. He just uh, used Samson to get to the Philistines. Uh, one day, Samson went to gaze where he saw a, I'm sorry, one day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. He went in uh, to spend the night with her. The people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. So they surrounded the palace, uh, they surrounded the place and laid in wait for him all night at the city gates. They made no more, uh, they made no move during the night saying, at dawn we'll kill him. But Samson lay there only until the middle of the night and then he got up and took, uh, he got up and took hold of the doors of the city gates together with two posts, and tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them to his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faced Hebron. Now, sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Soret, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See, if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. One time he is fooled by a woman of the Philistines, okay? Even though he, the Lord was using him. But his weakness was Philistine women. Check yourselves for your weaknesses and strengthen yourself against them. Okay? <laughs> Very important. See where your weaknesses and strengthen yourself 
And that's not easy to do. But that is a task that everyone should work on. And this is why. As we read on the story of Delilah. Okay. Uh, so Delilah said to Samson, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Samson answered her, if anyone ties me with seven fresh thorns that have not been dried, I become as weak as any other man. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh thorns that had not been dried, and she tied him with them. With men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the thorns as easily as a piece of string snap when it comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Then Delilah said to Samson, you have made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. He said, if anyone ties me secretly with new ropes that has never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them. And then with men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the ropes off his arms as if they were threads. Now that's twice. Twice. Would you continue to uh, trust this woman? <clears throat> or man? <clears throat> okay, let's see. <clears throat> Some people do. Delilah then said to Samson, until now you have been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. He replied, if you wave the seven braid of my hair into the fabric on the loom and tighten it with the pen, I'll become as weak as any other man. So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his hair wove them into wove them into the fabric and tightened it with the pen again she called to him samson the philistines are upon you he woke from his sleep and pulled up the pins and the loom with the fabric then she said to him how can you say i love you when you won't confide in me this is the third time you have made a fool of me and having told me the secret of the great strength. Uh, how can he make a fool of her if it's just him and her? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Um, and in this case, you can only say he must really been uh, starstruck. Must have been really in love with her. Um to not see all this going on. And this is what happens a lot of times with people. They're so in love with someone that they don't see these things or they see them and they, ah, she's not like that. Oh, he's not like that. Uh, you know, 
it's all in my mind. Oh, they're a good person. Okay. All right. So let's go on and see what happens here. Um, with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. So he told her everything. No race has ever been used on my head, he said. Because I have been a Nazarite set apart to God since birth, if my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines. Come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with silver in their hands. Silver. You see, selling out, having put him to sleep to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He woke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. <coughs> Why? <clears throat> because at that minute that he told her, <clears throat> He allowed the adversary to come in. <clears throat> he wasn't supposed to tell her that. <clears throat> she is an enemy of, of the Lord. She was never for him. She did not love him. She didn't care about him. She sold him out for silver. Sometimes people can say that they love you, but in reality, they don't. It's words. <clears throat> okay. Then the Philistines seized him, gorged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles. They set him to grind in the prison, but the hair on his head began to grow again. And after it had been shaved. <clears throat> now the rules of the Philistine assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. And when the people saw him, they, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands. The one who... <laughs> laid waste our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, bringing out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. And when they stood, <clears throat> and when they stood him among the pillars, Samson, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to God, 
O sovereign Lord, remember me. O God, please strengthen me just once more. And let me, with one blow, great vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached towards the two center pillars on which the temple stood. Bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. Then his brother and his father's whole family went down to get him. They brought him back and buried him between Zorah and Estol in the tomb of Menor, in the tomb of Menor, his father. He had led Israel. <clears throat> he had led Israel twenty years. <clears throat> Chapter 17. Now a man named Mitchka from the hill country of Ephraim said to his wife, The 1,100 shekels of silver that were taken from you and about which I heard you utter a curse, I have that silver with me. I took it. Then his mother said, The Lord bless you, my son. When he returned the 1,100 shekels of silver to his mother, she said, I solemnly consecrate my silver to the Lord for my son to, to make a graven image and a cast idol. I will give it back to you. So he returned the silver to his mother, and she took 200 shekels of the silver and gave them to a silversmith who made them into an image and an idol and they were put in Mitchka's house. Now this man Mitchka had a shrine and he made an infroid and some idols and installed one of his sons as his priest. In those days Israel had no king and everyone did as he saw fit. See, already they have gone astray, making idols. Did the Lord not say, don't, don't make idols? He is their God. A young Levite from Bethlehem in Ju Judah, who had, lived, uh, who had been living within the clan of Judah, left that town in search of some other places to stay. And on his way, he came to Mitchka's house in the hill country of Ephraim. Now Mitchka asked him, where are you from? I'm a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, he said, and I am looking for a place to stay. And Mitchka said to him, live with me and be my father and priest, and I'll give you 10 shekels of silver a year. Your clothes and your food. So the Levi agreed to live with him, and the young man was to him like one of his sons. Then Mitchkim installed the Levite 
And the young man became his priest and lived in his house. And Mishkin said, Now I know that the Lord will be good to me since this Levite has become my priest. Okay. What do we know about the Levites? The Levites were the priesthood. Okay, so this is why he's saying this. All right, we're going to stop here and we will pick up tomorrow in chapter 18 um, concerning the Danite settle in Lachish. Okay? All right, everyone, this is Minister McMillan. Uh, have a blessed evening and good night.